Welcome to I Don't Want to Grow Up. It's the podcast for two guys who prefer plastic over paper, always want fries with that, and occasionally even have a nice day. Talk about how things were infinitely better when they were kids and spend an entire episode convincing themselves that they're right. I'm Jordan Stratton. And I am Felix. I'm sorry. The milkshake machine is still broken, Schlater. It's always broken. Always. Just it's like just, you. I am a milkshake just machine. Just on the inside, though. Strawberry. Just like the milkshake machine. I really want a milkshake now. <laughs> no, now I do, too. <laughs> but they're broken. Oh. But they're broken. So that was quite the mouthful of an intro, <laughs> uh, Jordan. And I think that means we're talking about something that pertains to said words. It does. Even though what we said could potentially be interpreted as relating to food. But we're not just talking about food. Mm. We're talking about jobs. Steve. We're talking about Stephen Jobs <laughs> in all of his glory. Rip in peace. Specifically, we're talking about occupations. <laughs> what if we just did have a whole episode Today about we're talking Steve about Jobs. Steve Jobs and the legacy that he left us. Uh, we're both wearing black turtlenecks. You can't see it. <laughs> no, but jobs, occupations, yes. things you do for money. Now, a lot of things we said had to do with the food, but because that's what a lot of first jobs relate to they the, they all have to do with a lot of them have to do with food the level of entry for those things that you described is uh is pretty easy it's quite low quite low <laughs> that low level low level entry jobs so yeah talking about occupations talking about jobs work all the fun stuff that comes along with it but before we get into it for those of you joining us for the first time on i don't want to grow up jordan and i like to Find a beer that pairs well with the topic at hand. And since tonight we're talking about jobs, we found a beer called Big Ass Money Stout. Because, because you know, it's a job. It's You like the job. You might hate the job. But when it comes down to it, it's all about money, baby. It also helps. It also helps that the front of this beer is patterned with money and pizza. Dollar pizza. bills, <laughs> slices of pizza. So I don't know. Each week we we try and find a beer that coincides with the topic, and going through and trying to find something that matched that one caught my eye because making pizza, delivering pizza, pretty entry level, and making stacks is what it's all about. It's right? True. And we usually will pick a topic and then we'll go to the liquor store to a, a a bottle shop we'll go somewhere and we'll pick out a drink that coincides with that topic this is the rare time that you <laughs> saw this beer and we're like well we have to drink this yep um what should we talk about <laughs> so we could talk about making making money we could talk about big asses we can talk about our rap careers <laughs> um jobs and that's what came up and i i couldn't be happier because this beer let me tell you right now this beer is 17.2 percent mm. alcohol keep going keep going which is i i think it's the it's the highest percentage it's basically when it comes to beer at this point I, it's higher than most wines <laughs> most wines around 12 to 15 this is absurd I, pizza and money wine. i'm scared of what this is going to do to my body i'm so ready. and my personality <laughs> and just my humanity <laughs> it's just gonna werewolf i'm changing i'm, I'm different inside out oh what's happening to me step back 
<laughs> so ready. This is what Michael J. Fox uh, drank in Teen Wolf. It is. It's what gave him the ability to dunk from the half court line, right? <laughs> All right. So should we should we bust this out right now? This seventeen point two percent anomaly uh, is brought to us by Evil Twin Brewing, which is based out of New York. New York, the town so fantastic that they named it twice. Now, and it Never. is an uh, it is an American Imperial Stout. And on Beer Advocate, for those beer nerds out there, this one got a 4.3. Decent. So pretty high up there. Pretty high. Out of five, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> out of 100. <laughs> this is terrible. It's a shit beer, but it's going to get you drunk. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, and also, um, if you guys want to check it out for yourself, all this label nonsense that we're talking about, um, we're going to include, <laughs> Felix just took the first sip and his eyes got exponentially larger <laughs> wow <laughs> i still haven't tried it yet but we're gonna have we're gonna take a picture of the can so you can see this label for yourself or if you want to go out and find it yourself because i'm you know i'm assuming if you like alcohol in any capacity this is gonna be a special one mm-hmm. um so go go check us out on instagram at idwgupod uh you can see a pic in a little description for yourself there it is the beer pick for all of you guys out there jordan just took a sip and we broke him he's broken i need to go control alt delete and reset his os i just i saw the i saw the future <laughs> i saw the past all at once is a test the, the, the tesseract spa- the tesseract yeah it was like it was the scene i was matthew mcconaughey uh-huh. in the and interstellar and i'm just like pulling books and and, and little dust You're particles messages through a pocket to watch my, to my future daughter like, who's gonna yep. save humanity jessica chastain right now her watch is going crazy it's going bananas she's like what is she's wrong seen with the dust watch? falling out from the from the is, windows what she's, is happening? I'm writing i'm writing messages to her mm-hmm. with this beer in my hand mm-hmm. oh my lord people it's Ooh. a it's a delish seventeen and a half percent. I mean, it is it is just a straight up. There's no like there's no nonsense with this stout. It's straight up just a stout flavoring. There's no like this, there's no coffee. There's no coconut. There's no. no chocolate. It's just like bam hits you in the face. It is a big ass money stout. That's this what it stout is. Stout came to work. It came to work and, and it's some doing pizza. work right now on me. Work eat pizza. Work 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 work. That's as Rihanna sticker. would say, that's eat work eat pizza. Work. <laughs> underscore and then a, a, a line break and then I don't want to grow up <laughs> that's going to be our first t-shirt I love it I love Let's it. make it happen alright we got beer out of the way and it's slowly being poured into our heads and now we're going to jump into our topic which is jobs and for those of you who are joining us for the first time, this is the part of the show we talk about what it was like when we were kids. We were little, little children. We churrens. Yes. We churrens. So, Jordan, I'm going to start with you. Hit it. Work, jobs, yeah. money, money making, all bread, yeah. winners, bacon. Bring it home. All of those things that make up a fantastic sandwich. Yes. BLTs. Let's <laughs> talk about it. As a wee child, yes. What, from your point of view, this your is a very eyes, aggressive conversation, yes, Ram. I'm, I'm pointing all into it. I'm pointing. There's fingers being pointed. I punched him We're twice. Yelling. We're not talking about Fight Club. <laughs> um, do you have memories of what work looked like through your eyes as you saw your parents going to work in the mornings, coming home from work in the afternoons? What What did that sort of translate? 
for like to, to you in your head? That's an interesting question because I'm having to go back and translate <laughs> back, go, go all the way back and rewind to what little seven-year-old Jordan looked at. How did he see jobs and careers? Um, it's, so my mom was a stay-at-home mom. Same here. And so mommy pants did not, I did not call her mommy pants. I don't know why I said that. Mommy pants though. Did, it was she, your didn't, username. she didn't have a job. It was, it was mommy underscore pants. Uh, <laughs> 420 that's my uh, <laughs> no scopes <laughs> 360 360 mommy man no scopes your mom was very progressive oh man she was killing it just tons of code code red mountain dew in the house doritos oh man yeah she was a terrible mother and uh no she she was so she was doing the stay-at-home mom gig um but my dad was would always he would leave for work it was actually yeah it was funny i i just remember this while thinking about it he would leave for work and he would like hug me goodbye uh-huh. and then on the on the warmer days grew up in kentucky so it was it was pretty similar to virginia and that you know you could go out in the summertime and he would go to work and we would live we live in this kind of side street and so he would go to the end of the street where there's a stop sign and then he would turn and he would go to work and so i would watch his car leave you would wave you and would i would wave that. and and my parents straight up lied to me and they said when the brake lights came on i know they're brake lights but they said when the lights go on the back of his car it means he's waving back oh Look at all the strangers on the interstate waving to me. Oh, yes, they're all waving. Is that not the most adorable lie you can tell your kid? (laughs) He's always waving back. He waves back every time. (laughs) But when I realized that my dad's probably like stressed out, he's like, the finances, Cheryl, (laughs) that we have to get the files in. Gotta fix this damn pothole. (laughs) (laughs) He loves me. Oh, man. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, but like, I don't, I don't. I don't really have thoughts. I don't have memories of just like jobs. Like back, my dad's hitting that grindstone. He didn't come back and be like, I work for this family. I drive a Dodge Stratus. <laughs> One of the best bits. I'm ever. also, I'm also just so imagining you later on in your years, 12, 13, 14, whatever, and you're riding in a car and you realize you this slow realization that when a car hits the brakes, it turns the red lights on in the back and you're, it's you know it's a quiet it's a it's a, a quiet night and you're driving back from practice i don't know what practice just practice <laughs> could be and, musical practice yeah. could be football practice <laughs> it could be alan iverson's speech on practice and you're looking out the window and it's that you know the lights are doing that thing where like they slow down and then as they get past your window they speed up and they kind of hit your hit your eye and then they they continue on and they're creating that sort of like continuing like photocopy pattern yeah, yeah. and then you're just you're sitting there kind of looking out your window, not thinking about anything in particular. Your dad's kind of drumming on the steering wheel as he's driving. And you're thinking like, gosh, my dad loves me. And then as you slow to a stop, you look in front and you notice that car loves me too. As the red lights glow and they envelop your tiny little body and you realize, wait a minute. <laughs> my wait dad's a full second. of shit. <laughs> And I scream, I scream that at him, my eight-year-old. <laughs> no way! You're full of shit, Dad. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> so that's really interesting. I mean, like that that morning that morning time dynamic. I feel like is such a like a visceral, tangible memory. Yeah, and it, it was always <laughs> that is funny that whenever Dad came home, it's probably just because you only remember the extremes. But it was either 
yeah, dad's home. We can play or yeah. we can do whatever. Or it was like, you I wait got till it. your father gets home. It was the, home. you wait till your father, get, father gets home. It's you wait in your room yeah. until your father gets no, home. I hope he never gets home. <laughs> I hope he dies. <laughs> it, was, it was the inevitable, like, dad gets home. Dad equals punishment impending doom yeah. or horseback rides <laughs> maybe yeah you never know the, the the morning of the that sort of hustle and bustle of making breakfast the smell of the coffee as kids you hated it but you loved the smell of it it was just like a it was familiar yeah and you know i look at i look at my routine right now and i know that my kids there's going to be a part of their brain that remembers that because we have that same sort of routine now which is it's great. It's great. I think that that being stuck with them is a normal and necessary part of childhood. Yeah. I mean, the good thing was also growing up, especially later in life, again, the middle middle school, high school, even though I, I understood what jobs were mm-hmm. and that, that my you know parents, they had to do these kinds of things. I never felt like I was intruding on those positions, those jobs. If I was ever sick, if I needed something you know, for school or something like that, one of my parents was always willing to make that trip to do what needed to be done to put us first before, you know, that job. Or they were able to make space in some way. It was never like, you know I have the business conference with Mr. Moneybags today, Jordan. <laughs> it's just a monopoly it's guy. just a guy who walks in with two giant <laughs> satchels with the dollar signs on them. Yeah. He, has he that uses meeting. the momentum of him swinging them to move. He doesn't own a car. <laughs> he swings like Thor's hammer and just flies off. <laughs> <laughs> oh father give me strike and then he flies up in the air oh my gosh he can afford a mercedes why doesn't he know. just do he, oh he can fly with them okay oh, right. no that makes sense he's on rainbow road he can fly yeah got it got it uh yeah it's uh that idea of us in the morning parents or parent whatever yeah off to work right and then our day starts and then whatever that looks like and then coming home from work. And so um did yours did your parents you said your mom was a stay at home mom? Did my mom dad, was a stay at home mom. My dad, dad was in the military, so he was he was up and and out the door pretty early. Yeah, when did your dad make the transition from military to civilian life? Uh about a decade ago. So I mean when oh, you we, already de- you already done yeah. out the door. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When he retired, I was already well out of the house and into my my career, all that fun stuff did you so. like did you go down every time your dad had leave for work and you 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 and your brother like stood by the door and did you salute him <laughs> so we had a really interesting dynamic um because <laughs> that's the cutest thing i could imagine <laughs> we and if i not. was in the military i would make my children do that we did not or else they get court-martialed <laughs> but it's funny that you you use the words uh quote I would make my kids do that <laughs> oh, no. because the church we were going to at the time. Oh, no. We went to this class and I remember my dad made us go to the class and it was something about like along the lines of like, like raising your kids. And I thought, why are we here? Like, we don't need to know the inside secrets. <laughs> you just need to be implementing. You got to do it. And so one of the things that this this guy taught was make your kids meet you at the door when you get home and make them give you words of praise. And I'm like 13 at this point thinking like, really? Really? Make them give you praise? Yeah. Make them say things like, 
Dad, it's so good to see you. Welcome home. This is some like weird brainwashing. Oh, it was garbage. insanity. It was insanity. And the craziest part was my dad tried it, and I'm like, "What? Why are we doing this?" Praise your father, yeah. sons. <laughs> Thank you, my infusion. <laughs> and I get, I, I get a little bit the idea of like, yeah, you're the provider for the home. You want, you want your kids to know that, but. To be forcing it, like, isn't that a little bit? Do you like, rem- do you remember what the reasoning was? I learned it in this class, so you're gonna do it. Was the was the reasoning? It was bizarre. And what even as a world? even as a 13 year old, I was like, "This is wrong. Oh. This is incorrect. This is, that's <laughs> weird. And very unnerving. It was very very strange. Yeah. Um, weird welcomings, <laughs> von Trapp welcomings aside. Yeah. Um, most... Bonus points that they sing you a right. <laughs> Hello, Father, it's good to see you here. Da, da, yeah. da, 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 da. I'd like to try my first beer. <laughs> yes? <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, none of that. Um, aside from that, that weird era in our life, um, <laughs> in the mornings, it was my, my parents didn't drink coffee, uh, but my dad would make breakfast for himself and it was always this weird like mishmash of things and i'd be sitting there eating my corn pops and looking over and like what are you eating do you know <laughs> do you to this day not know what it was he would it was just whatever he could find so it, oh, it always this is a, getting more ambiguous and concerning it was me. always a base of oatmeal <laughs> he would start then, with gravel from the front <laughs> driveway it was the blood and tears of his enemies <laughs> followed by their teeth Perfect. And then their children. <laughs> Gosh, I've never met your dad, and I'm actually worried about it. It was now. bizarre. It was bizarre. And I think I think a lot of it just had to do with the fact that he was like, yeah, I, I am the head of the household. <laughs> in that they voice. should be doing these things. He only speaks in falsetto, though. He's like, <laughs> you're right. I deserve praise. <laughs> this is Mickey Mouse, Listen, apparently. Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old, old boy. Uh, I work real hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, mornings base of oatmeal. Yeah, sometimes syrup, then cereal, and then milk. Splash of orange juice, what? peanuts. No, I just the messenger. Just the messenger. No. So morning times were. Uh, I will say, breakfast in morning uh, at morning times before work, school, things like that. Always has been something that, like, when I skip it, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa I missed a step. Mm. I missed a step. Even though mornings were crazy because they had to be, my, you know, my dad had to be at the base at a certain time. Blah, right, blah, right, right. There was always, we always had breakfast in the morning. And so, like, when I miss it, when I skip breakfast, it becomes this, like, oh, I, I, there's a, there's something, there's a chunk out of my day that didn't take place. Oh. Um, so that, to me, was synonymous for, like, the start of the day, which in, in, in that case, when I was younger, it was my dad going to work. Right. And uh, now it's, me starting my day with a piece of toast or eggs or whatever. Have you always had work. that progression of like of breakfast and like this this kind of even when you you know you left your house at eighteen you lived alone mm-hmm. even when you had your job did you have to kind of sit down? I did have breakfast. Had this almost this 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 basic this progression ritual. every day. It was this a ritual. ritual. Yeah, it was a morning ritual of like I can't leave until I sit down. Uh, you know when I when I moved out of the house and it was me by myself. It may have been in front of the TV in the morning, but it was still the act of sitting down with a bowl of cereal, a piece of toast, French toast, whatever, and I would eat it, and then I would leave. Like, right. You were never like, 
the type of person to throw in your clothes, grab a granola bar, out the door, eat on the way to work. I, I, there were times when that happened, and it threw the whole rhythm of my it day. It feels off. off. I'm, the, I'm yeah. the exact same way. Yeah. I'm just asking because I wanted to confirm in yeah. myself that we're the we're the right ones. <laughs> Everyone else is weird. It is the most important meal of the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I see. Hannah is is usually because I, I work at home, and I, I get up, I make coffee, I'll make her breakfast. Whether that's something simple like like cereal, I'll just throw, she'll just I'll just be like, "What do you want? <laughs> what are you, like, are you feeling anything? If not, I'll just throw together something." Mm-hmm. But like. Sometimes it's eggs and bacon. Sometimes yeah. it's, you know, toast and something else. Like it's it's it can be anything. But some days we're both just we we hit the snooze button way too many times, <laughs> and she's throwing on clothes and she's like just just toss me a granola bar and coffee out the door, and she's fine with that. Mm. I need to sit down yeah. and to have this kind of this way to collect myself. I can't jump right into work. Partially, it's because I, right now I'm doing this creative work where I have to almost be in the right mindset. Mm-hmm. A big part of it is the mental game. Yeah. And so some part of that, I agree, it's a ritual. You need to that switch that part of your brain. It centers myself. Like, to, this is work time. Because right when you, you, you wake up, you put, you know, you turn out of bed, your feet hit the carpet, and you're like, I feel weird yeah. because you came out of some weird dream world where nothing made sense <laughs> and you have to go down and hit some kind of ritual first yeah. for it to center me. It has to center me in the actual reality right. of earth. Yeah. <laughs> this, this timeline, <laughs> I need to know this, this corner of our multiverse. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I need to know where I am Yeah, and what makes sense and what doesn't anymore. <laughs> and, and breakfast is the thing that does that for me. <laughs> That's a, that's a powerful meal. <laughs> that's that's one. It's the most important meal of the day. What kind of coffee are you drinking? <laughs> now I'm the, I'm the same way, and I'm glad that we're on the same page. Um, I'm gonna fast forward a little bit beyond yeah. us watching our parents, in our case, our fathers, yeah. leave for work. Your first job. Whew. I mean, if we go, are we talking first jobs? Anything I, we got paid for? Are we talking first jobs that gave that had like a W two. <laughs> Like what? B- both. What, give give that me the that government like, knew or that I knew. <laughs> give me the give me that under the table cash, and then give me that Uncle Sam thumbs up cash. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, under the table. Thanks, thanks, son. And then the ruffle of the hair. Drugs. Here's a here's a dollar. It was when I was giving cocaine to my neighbors. <laughs> um, Pablo Jordan Stradnescabar. <laughs> Hola. <laughs> and uh, no, it was um, not in here. I was mowing lawns. So okay. I was going around town. That's a lot. That's a lot of them, It's a lot of them for, for, for boys. And so I would, I had some regulars. I had some people, you know, some of my uh, dad's coworkers. Mm. Um, sometimes I, if I just needed cash, I would go around on a Saturday and just knock on doors and be like, hey, can I mow your lawn, please? <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was that was the way to get some, some easy cash yeah. on a weekend. Um, my first job that the government knew about was at the local college in our town that I actually ended up attending. But when I was, uh, let's see, 15? 15, I think. You were in college at 15? Yeah, when I was at college, I was a super genius. Doogie Hauser over here, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. I'm, I'm a medical doctor, and uh, no one should ever go to me for anything <laughs> that's related to medicine. That looks uh, like an arm. <laughs> <laughs> that's my foot. That looks like an arm. <laughs> that was the best sentence for a fake doctor. <laughs> that looks like an arm. <laughs> so that's a cow. Oh, okay. No, that's an arm, man. <laughs> I went to John Hopkins. <laughs> we make. I went to John Popcorns. John Popcorns <laughs> University, specializing in. Not, it's not even popcorn, oddly enough. <laughs> it's so strange. It's meatloaf. I am an arm specialist. <laughs> <laughs> or 
what are we talking about? Army schools. Army schools. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Did you go to West Point? Uh, no. <laughs> I went to the Army School, not West Point. I went to John Popcorn. John Popcorn's Army School. <laughs> I know all about armies. John Popcorn's military reigning. You mean training? No. No. <laughs> No one has any idea what we're talking about at this point. <laughs> oh my gosh. My first job at 15 when I was in high school was as a dishwasher at nice. the local um at the cafeteria at Excellent. the at the college at the now. Now university. did they have like the uh like the little like closet like that they pulled down over the uh the over the dishes? <laughs> <laughs> the little <laughs> Then they put you in, and you heard them laughing from the outside. You know, you and Haley Joel Osment you know, are in there. Everyone had to go through that, right? <laughs> Didn't everyone who's dishwasher sprayed with boiling hot water? No one. Why is everyone looking at me you like know, that? You could see ghosts, and then the kids would push you in there and close the thing on you, and then you'd be pounding, waiting for someone to let you. That was their first job. That right? a, that's everyone's w first job. Twos. That's everyone's first job. Why are boys so high right now? <laughs> <laughs> and I would have gotten away with it if it hadn't been for you meddling teenagers. No, we had the uh, so there was one job where it was the, the 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 trays and the plates and just the simple ones that like everyone in the cafeteria was using, and they would go through a basic conveyor belt thing through like a sanitizing thing, kind of what you're talking about, where they would they wouldn't have to pull it down, but there would be like different sections where they would just be able like to a clean car it up. wash for dishes, like a like a dishwash, if you will. Oh. At the dish <laughs> <laughs> but um, I had to do the job where it was the heavy duty uh, pans from from the the lines and and the one where it was the physically giant, scrubbing, physically scrubbing. Oh, wow. And so I, I did it with a friend of mine, and we we signed it for the same shift, so we always worked together, and we only worked which is the best, which is the best. And so we always worked together, and we were in the very back of the kitchen, so we were not around food. No one ever interacted with us, and we just we were back there with uh, an iPod and speakers, and we would just play music. Oh, that's the best! And he, one of us would would spray like all the all the stuff off, and we get all the gunk off, and then the other person would be the scrubber, and then throw in the sanitizer, and then we would just put them out to dry. And I, we would do that for three hours every Friday. I hope. I hope in my heart of hearts that there is exactly what you described. There are two friends right now listening. Oh my gosh. That While would be they're the doing ultimate. it. That would be the ultimate. If right now they're like scrubbing, they're like, oh, Jared, Jared, Jared. Holy shit, Jared. Jared. <laughs> they know Stop. us. <laughs> Stop the conveyor belt. <laughs> Stop the belt. Stop the belt. <laughs> and then, then, yeah, it's just them like, wait, they're listening. Are they listening to us? They know our plight. <laughs> it's pre-recorded. Shut up, Brian! Jared. Get back in the dish closet. <laughs> Jared and Brian, <laughs> dishwashers for life. It is funny that those are the jobs, though, where I feel like I did the most daydreaming and the most mental creative work. I never did anything with those with those right. daydreams, but. I, I do relish those times of the, the thoughts that I had, the dreams that I did. Because it's that mindless work mm -hmm. that really makes you think, what the hell do I want to do with my life? Because yeah. I know it's not this. Well, so I actually I did a video on that of, a few months ago. And there was actually a, uh, a, 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 a research scientist. There's a research science man. A researchist. A researchist, as you call them. <laughs> I don't know if it was in like, the field. I can't remember if it was a psychologist. I, I, I don't know. There was someone who did research on 
the state of boredom. Yeah. And when you're it, when you're in a state of boredom, you switch into a seeking state, uh, which is exactly what's happening. Because you're unsatisfied. You. Exactly. Right. You're, you're trying that to find sense. something else to to make you to to entertain you, or like, what could I be doing that's way better than this? And uh, yeah, it's 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 actually something that's very helpful if you're trying to chew through a problem. Do something that's boring. Do something that you have to do, but that you don't want to do. Yeah. Figure it out. So that was my first job, <laughs> being abused in a dish closet. What was your first job? <laughs> uh, I had a paper route. Oh, yeah, that's right. You told me I had me a paper that. route yeah. as a kid. Um, now, it wasn't like 100% detached because my dad would follow me in the car while I delivered the papers. You, I was, were you biking it? Or were you walking it? Both. It was a combination of the two. It depended on which paper. During the week, I could ride my bike because all the papers would fit in the little basket in the front. Nice. Uh, on the weekends, the papers were thicker, so mm-hmm. we had to. He would put them all in the back seat. All them funny comics. And man. I would walk through, and then I would. It made your hands smell terrible. Really? Because like ink? the ink would rub off, and it would just smell. You, it smelled. And the rubber bands around the thing. Interesting. Um, yeah, it smelled awful. Um, <clears throat> but my first job, as far as like me by myself. Um, Without my dad following me in his car. Yeah, did your dad make you that I knew of? Did you want to be a paper boy? I did because I wanted to buy an N64. Because you wanted big ass money. I did. (laughs) Dad, I just want to buy an Imperial Stout for myself. (laughs) You understand. Yeah, you get it. You're in you're in Navy. Um Uh, I wanted I wanted to buy an N sixty four. I wanted <clears throat> there were things that I wanted for for my quality of life. I had to save Princess Zelda with my Ocarina of Time. Exactly, and I bought an N sixty four with the money that I earned from my paper route. Yes, and I had friends who had paper routes, and they're like, "Bro, it's good money, bro." And yeah, they always called me bro because it was the nineties. And you live in California. Yeah, <laughs> this was actually in Ohio. You know, they'd say that there too, right? right. They, All the surfing in Ohio. They got it. Uh, they got it really late. They got that was that was those those are bros from the eighties. The bro traveled over a series of months across the Midwest. Um, <laughs> yeah, surfing on Lake Erie wasn't very good, so we would bro it up. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a paper route, and then after that, my first job um, by myself as a grown teenager man. Uh, I was a gymnastics coach. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. So did you do gymnastics? You did gymnastics before that. So we lived right now. What if you're like, no, I just just went in. (laughs) I lied. Clear as day. Just like, yeah, I can do a forward hand tuck roll. (laughs) What? Leg extension tuck. Uh, So right now we're recording this in Virginia. I lived in Virginia Beach when I was in elementary school. And I was uh, a part of the boys' gymnastics team, like mm. like for school or no. like local outside of school for the city. <laughs> yeah, what? so actually at a gym that's actually fairly close to where we're recording this podcast right now. Did you compete? I did. Did you win things? I did. And there's videos of this. I've never heard you talk about this. <laughs> oh, you did talk about you talked about the last episode, I think, where you talked about you could do a, a forward handspring or a backward back handspring. Handspring. Okay, you could do a round off back handspring. Back Still, you. Oh, so, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I don't know the terminology. Will you get your terms I didn't right? Know. <laughs> <laughs> Me as a lowly dishwasher <laughs> wasn't quite doing. You the, and Brian and Jared get your terms straight. <laughs> Compare glossaries, okay? <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, when I was, when I was in, um, elementary school, I was on the boys team and I was good friends with the coach's son. Ooh. And so. Nepotism. Nice. And so, uh, coach Jeb was his name. 
uh, he he picked uh, um, the like the team that would compete. Gosh, that just sounds like an abusive man. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, he was fantastic. He was fantastic. I actually don't know if he's still alive. I don't know if he's still around. Um, so then we moved away to California, and then when I came back to Virginia in two thousand, um, I thought. I wonder if he's still there. And sure enough, he was still there. His son was actually teaching at the gym, the same gym that I went to when I was in elementary school. And the first thing he said is, do you want a job? And I thought, I like money. So <laughs> sure. I like big ass money. And, and I I hadn't done gymnastics in years. I hadn't I hadn't been in a gym as far as gymnastics it, since I was in elementary school. And I'm a junior in high school. Yeah. And he said, no, it's fine. And so I I... I Taught. Can you still do a triple toe corkscrew roll? I could still do all that stuff. <laughs> and the best part was uh, during the week, I taught twice a week. And once a week, I was able to train with him one on one. Oh, nice. So in my junior year, you brought year, it back. In my junior year, you brought year, it back. I, I did, I, it was nowhere near as limber and whatever when I was like younger. It was an 80s montage. It you're, was. Like, you're like working out, you're doing like all these, all these flippies and rollies and like a, in a rusty, you're old now. That was me. So yeah, that was my very, very first job was nice. a gymnastics coach. How old are you? I was, uh, let's see, junior year in high school, so like 17. 17. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 16, 17. Um, the worst part about that job was on Saturdays was cheerleader day. Now, you would think, wait, but Felix, you're a single 17-year-old boy, hormones aplenty, cheerleader day sounds amazing. Nay, I say to you, nay. <laughs> you because, will be wrong. Because cheerleaders come in all shapes and sizes. And you all have to, shapes and sizes, And you have to say. spot every single one of them in teaching them how to do back handsprings and oh, back no. tucks. So oh, imagine no. Kelly. She's Her heart's in the right place. This is not Kapowski. Her, no, not this Kapowski. This is the opposite of Kapowski. This is like four Kelly Kapowskis, this right? This is Kelly Kaplowski. <sighs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, n- super nice. Probably shouldn't be doing back handspring, oh, back no. tucks. Kelly is doing them anyway. And who is carrying the weight of said back handsprings? Literally, seventeen-year-old Felix. Okay, Kelly, you got it. Now, granted, in this in this image, Kelly is a good five, six inches taller than you, a good forty pounds heavier than you. Not saying. Anything wrong with that? Just saying the power dynamic here is very drastically different. I was yeah. a very, very scrawny, small teenager. Right, right, like, right. Just not no muscle mass. I mean, even now it's like, wow, you built. Like, no, it's pizza. It's just the fat has accumulated <laughs> in certain points that is to my advantage. <laughs> it, it looks great. In this uh, <laughs> in this story, you have Morty's voice from Rick and Morty. Oh, I am Morty. Okay. I good. am Morty. Okay, Kelly. So, you know, here comes Kelly. And all her good intentions, big heart. She's running down the, the runway. And I'm like, here we go. Round off. Both arms out, oh, no. spotting. And then the cracking of my bones <laughs> as I spot her back handspring. And then flip her legs over. And then it's a clapping. And she goes, I need to do it again. And I say, my body You sure do. <laughs> For three hours on a Saturday morning, oh. just spotting cheerleaders, male and female alike, teaching them how to do back handsprings. I mean, you know what? You're a stronger <sighs> man for it. 
Okay. And you know, <laughs> Kelly probably went on to do amazing things. I hope she did. Kelly, if you're listening, I don't even know if that's actually your name. More power to you. She's killing it wherever she is. Oh, I have a feeling. Wow. All right. So we've talked a lot about what jobs were like, what we thought jobs were like as kids. But I also put out a little Twitter poll today, as we do every episode. Twitter poll. I like to ask the people questions. Because you know what? We have opinions. I think they're great. But also, they're not everyone's (laughs) opinions. We like to have some additional input. So today I asked you guys, which song best describes your work ethic? And I gave you guys some options. This is multiple choice. It wasn't just an uh, open response here. Okay. So I I went down a somewhat of a spectrum. So I'm going to go from fourth place to first place. So granted, this is a very close poll. This is one of the closest ones we've had. Okay. All right. So at the bottom at 19% was working for the weekend. (laughs) Which is a classic, I think, by Loverboy. Is that who it's by? Everybody's working for the week. I mean, everyone knows the song. Yeah. Um, no one knows who the it's The number by. of songs that I know the chorus yeah, of the taglines to. Well done. The Lover, well done. The Loverboy classic from 1981. Well um, so, yeah, Loverboy, working for the weekend. People, people here... It's the, the people doing the job, but you know they they're not they don't care about the job. They're washing they're washing dishes, <laughs> they're 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 delivering papers. They're doing those things that you know that doesn't really matter. They just want to get to that week when they can party with their friends. <laughs> That's what they want to do. Okay, That's they're working for that friends. weekend. So they, it's F R A N D S. Friends. Yeah. Four A's. Yeah. Three N's. <laughs> That's what they're doing. They're working for that. Uh, and it, close close to that at third place was twenty two percent, and that was work. Bitch by Britney Spears. <laughs> now, this is the people who they want that Lamborghini. They want that Maserati. You got to work, bitch. So okay. this is, the, the, this the, is the, the top. These are the people who are putting the hours because okay. they don't want the good stuff. This Grinding. is that. These are the big ass money stout people. Okay. <laughs> these are people who are working for it. And there's 22% of wow. them. Okay. And that's, that's only third. So you know this is going to be pretty close. Look at you guys working hard. Well, look at you big hard workers. Damn. I am attracted to all of you. Damn. All right. Now, this is second place at 29%. And we're going to the dregs at the bottom of the barrel. This is a lazy song by Bruno Mars. <laughs> I so, love the I love the ping ponging spectrum. Yeah, work bitch all the way down to lazy song, which uh, I mean I have those days. We all have those days. I think that you know you just don't feel like doing anything, as he says. And Bruno. there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But also sometimes if you do that every day. Not the best. Not the, Not best. the best. But you know what? We all we all have those days. We all can relate. I get it. It's yeah. fine. But the number one spot at 30%. So by 1%, actually Twitter told me <clears throat> it highlights the winner at every poll. And it says that these tied, even though one's at 29%, one's at 30%. Oh, interesting. It's that close uh, statistically. But was 9 to 5 by okay. Dolly Parton. Interesting. So these are the people who are just, they're putting the hours they, they appreciate their work. They have a job, and that's great. And they're trying to do their best. But you know what? It's that grind, man. It's still just that that slotted out time. It's a way to make a living, as she says. Out. Yeah. That's really interesting. So they're, okay. they're doing what needs to be done. More power mm. to you guys. Yeah. You're doing it. You're doing it. You're doing it well. So we ran the spectrum very close, 19, 22, 29, 30. 
percentages. So it is really close. I like those. I like when it's close like that. Me, when it's <laughs> I like when it's close like that. Uh, <laughs> it's my favorite Michael Bolton song. <laughs> I like when it's close like that. <laughs> Side note, I uh, read something that uh, Nickelback is no longer the most hated band in the I, world. I saw that too. Congratulations to Imagine Dragons. You, got, you guys have made it. Well done. Well done. Well done. Okay, Twitter poll is done. Thank you guys so much for voting. Uh, and for those of you who are listening thinking, I would like to partake in that level of enjoyment that they just displayed in that segment, you can do so by following us on Twitter at Idwigu Pod. That is at I-D-W-G-U Pod. Give us a follow. Do we it. like doing polls. We're going to do some more things here in the future. Right now, it's a lot of polls. You won't regret it. But you won't. I mean, I don't think you'll. I mean, if you if you just strictly dislike polls, you're going to regret following us right now. I, I give you my, my guarantee. Wow. <clears throat> As okay. a person. Well, Felix is determined to turn your little perspective around when it comes that to polls. Even if you dislike polls, you still may have a disdain for them. Wow. But you will not regret following us. Also, I guarantee right now, if you if you say anything to us, <laughs> if you add us in any way, we will give you a goofy fun response. Oh. That is a guarantee Hundo that P. I will I will follow up on personally. cement. So <laughs> So show us what you got. All right, here we go. This is the part of Das Show, where now we look at our topic, jobs, and we talk about what it looks like now, present day. In the current day. Present. As of right now. In the the space, In the space-time continuum. A la modi, as they say. (laughs) So right now, we are adults. Whether, Whether we want to consider ourselves adults or not, we're very much adults. Some of us maybe more so than others. More adultish than others. As far as uh, our birth years and ages are concerned. We won't, we won't get into it. It's, it's not complicated. important. It's Time's not important. construct. It's not. <laughs> you know what? Uh, why? Why? Why did we have to do that? Why did we have to come up with a construct that ages us? We're dumb. We're <sighs> stupid. Human beings. Am I right? So jobs, work, the concept of earning a, a living... Obviously, the way we viewed that uh, as small churrens, uh, I would hope <laughs> I would hope it's a little different now. <laughs> Is it still the same? You're still looking out your window and going, watching cars drive by and just waving them and like, like <gasps> they love me. Hey! Hey! <laughs> uh, you just like you just your wife like Jordan, go to work. <laughs> They're all waving at they me. They love me so much. I need. To, I don't want to be rude. <laughs> you just turned into Yoda. Rude, I do not. Rude, want I do to not be. want to be. Love me, they do. Mm. <laughs> not this crude matter. Well, that's a good question, though. So, did uh, your? How did your perspective change when it came to jobs? Because you you have a very atypical pathway when it comes to jobs. Granted, you had a very typical one at first, but then it, yeah. it kind of transitioned into a more of a creative space right. that a lot of people don't understand. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for me, coming from a military family where my, you know, my my father was very adamant about like, I, I don't know. Giving him compliments. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Love me. <laughs> Love me. Uh, 
I didn't even have an idea of what it was I was going to do. So I know that that worried the the crap out of my parents. I looking still at don't me, know what I want to do. I mean, neither. I mean, neither. <laughs> but, you know, I'm sure they looked at me and thought, like, he doesn't want to go to school. He doesn't. He doesn't have any sort of, like, foreseeable skills that we can see that would said pay the bills. He you has know? no suitor. Yeah. With substantial <laughs> incomes. <laughs> but it was a time where it, it wasn't it wasn't a normal thing for someone who's who is is good at um taking things from his head and turning them into physical, tangible things and then using that to to attain clients and things like that just wasn't a normal thing. It still isn't a normal thing. Right. It's becoming more accepted, but it's still very difficult to find that path. I mean, mostly because of the internet and accessibility. And there was a small part of me that kind of knew, I I spent a ton of time on the internet when it first, like, you know, the 56K modem. No, sorry. The 28K modems. Like, the the loading of images using AOL, like the pioneering of IRC, like those those were like the initial spearheaded points of the introduction to the internet for me. And I saw this as this opportunity that I even I didn't quite know what it was, but I knew there was something there. Right. And trying to explain that to my parents was like, I'm gonna be fine. They're like I don't think you are. <laughs> I don't think you should probably join the military. And <laughs> That's my, the answer? My dad, I kid you not, my dad is Navy through and through. The number of times I would come home and find an Air Force brochure on my pillow. No. He would he, just leave it there? He wanted me to join. Passively? Oh, passively and aggressively. <laughs> there should be a term for that. <laughs> meanie, meanie nicey. Meanie nicey. He wanted me to join the, uh, the Air Force because he, in his words, and I quote, uh, described to me that the, the Air Force is the country club of the military. And it, and in describing this to multiple folks who are in the military, I get the response. Well, he's not wrong. That's <laughs> true. So, I have I have a cousin who's in the Air Force, and he specifically chose it because he's like, it's the easiest. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, and yeah. you know, I I I'm, I I had Coke bottle glasses when I was in high school. Like yeah, I just did. like I just couldn't see because I spent so much time in front of my computer machine, <laughs> and so the thought of me. In the Air Force. Now, I know that I, you know, it's not all I'm flying fly planes. I'm going to fly these big yeah. jets, Dad. I'm going to shoot down those bogeys. I'm going to play volleyball and get real sweaty and then put these leather jackets on. What do you guys think? Do you guys have a motorcycle I can borrow? Can I date my instructor and ride a motorcycle into town, please? Has anyone seen Val? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, for me, that that whole foray into adulthood and then getting a job was very, very interesting initially. So now, yes, fortunately it's worked out. And I'd like to say that like I saw it, I saw it eventually being mapped out. I didn't have any idea. Mm. But I saw I saw a, a future of connectivity where I thought I could probably learn a lot of this stuff on my own. That's super risky though back then. Oh it was. It super was. And and but for some reason I thought I feel like I'm gonna be fine. Cause I remember teaching myself Photoshop with like text article tutorials and just like 
oh, okay, so that's how you do this. This is how you do that. Oh, no. It was just, this is before, like, YouTube and videos where you could just have, like, a 12-year-old kid, like, and then the lasso tool is the L shortcut on the keyboard, <laughs> and 300 DPI is for print. Like, no, I'm, like, reading through stuff and then trying to, like, follow along with it. I think it. you and I are very different in that fashion <laughs> in that I know I, I learned a lot of those things when I realized that they were acceptable. And when they were, it was normal things for the, for me to learn. I, I started learning about Photoshop in a, a graphic arts class in my junior year of high school. Hmm. And I started learning how to, how to, how to do all the shortcuts, how to do all of these tools. Like, what does this even mean? And I mean, that was the foundation for a lot of things I did creatively when it comes to visual, uh, artwork and mm -hmm. graphic artwork, um, which I still, you know, leaps and bounds and you have basically <laughs> decades of experience more than I do. But it, it was the, once I understood like, oh, this is a class that I, someone can teach me things. Right. I guess I, it's not a waste of time if I learn these. Yeah. I, I, I feel like things had to be acceptable for me. Gotcha. And so I was not the kind of person who was like, I'm going to get in these chat rooms and figure <laughs> out, what are they going to see these dark, dark forums and <laughs> the, get in the dark web. The amount of crap that I learned while on IRC yeah. and finding forums and message boards and articles. It's insane. Like I still reference those things that I learned. I felt if you if I just walked into a room and you were on those, you'd be like, man, are we gonna get in trouble yeah. for this? Are you hacking? <laughs> are you hacking? Are you a hacker? Yeah. I don't know. I just saw it as this like deep well of knowledge. I mean, it was. It was. But but the thing was, like, a lot of people will dip into that well because they know they know what it is they want to scoop out of that well. I saw it as this is amazing. Yeah. I want to just learn it for the sake of learning it. Yeah. And not not a lot of people were doing Photoshop, but I thought this is amazing. I can manipulate images. I can draw in this. I can touch up pictures. Like did you did you personally know anyone who was doing this kind of work? No. I didn't know anyone who was doing See, this. See, I don't think I could ever do that. I I was such a people pleasing person <laughs> growing up growing up pretty sheltered um even my friend group as you know we we were not we were the kids who were like cussing's not cool like that that was us it was like oh these guys think they're cool because they're saying swears like that was that was we thought we were better than them because we, that was literally our friend group we were we were the worst and i mean but that that had to do with you know i i didn't realize how much sway my own parents had over my what my mindset was uh, regarding traditional jobs and what was acceptable and what wasn't. I still remember picking my my uh, major for school, and I was thinking, oh, you know it would be cool? They just added a music business major. Oh, and wow. I was like, so it's not like straight up music. So I was like, I like music. I'm talented in music. But I think the business side seems more feasible, and I, I think that that's more accessible to me right. versus people who are like, I'm here to be, to be a musician. <laughs> and even then, like I picked that sheet, and my dad was like, I mean, you could you could do that. You could, is that if that's what you want to try? He was not cool with that, which is right. Absolutely, like I I should have been cool with that. But realizing how much sway my parents had over me, it's scary though. It's, it's scary crazy. to have someone that you've relied on for the last 16, 17, 18 years of your life, and then you're like, you're toe dipping in the water, and then you look back as like a eh? okay. Eh? Yeah, and then you want them to say, resounding like yes, yes, or 
push push you out of the nest. But then if they're like holding on, they're saying no, no, yeah. If there's any trepidation, right? And it's it's like oh man, I I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't. It has to. I I was very much like that. Yeah. So commend those those 17, 18 year olds who, even in the face of that, are just they have it so deeply embedded in their heart of hearts to know like, no, this is this is what I this is what I'm going to do. Right. And I don't necessarily know what the version of me and then the bridge to the version of me later looks like I'm going for it. And that's, that's really interesting though, too, because did your parents know that you were looking into these things, that you were trying out these early versions of Photoshop, that you were looking into graphic design? They did, but they, they didn't quite understand it. And my, I think my dad wanted to, but you were fine with that. I was fine not knowing what the finish line was. See, I think the problem was for me, Everything that my parents knew about it was it was things that I wanted them to know about, and I wanted to I wanted them to be proud of me for, gotcha. and that created this weird dichotomy with me that just because you know all the things that they that they would have approved of they knew about, and then I had this side that the the kid at at college who was going out and and doing you know drinking and smoking and doing you know being the party animal and doing all these <laughs> things that they didn't know about and staying up late and. <laughs> making mistakes and doing shenanigans and those are things they didn't know but i i feel like i i wish i had been more open and been more comfortable with being able to say i'm an adult and this is what i'm doing it's my experience right. of course i'm 18 like it, kids yeah. still have those those they're still tethered to their parents still in a way idiots. you're still kids yeah. you're still kids you're not an adult 18 yeah. year olds aren't adults no come on no they're not so I don't know. I, I I write a lot of it off to just sheer dumb luck. Yeah. Like just like I I've always been the kind of person to just chase interests, hmm. and fortunately the interest that I chased panned out into a skill set that I can use. Because yeah, God knows the interest that a lot of people have chased are like, well, I can juggle. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like tasks? No, 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 no. Like. Bowling pins. Oh, thank God. The greatest showman's really taken off. <laughs> My career has taken a turn for the better after that. I thank you, say, Hugh Jackman. Uh, I can say the alphabet backwards in Russian. <laughs> So when do I start? <laughs> Get out of my office. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, yeah, you are in in a field. We're both in fields now that I think we are both we are both happy to work in. We're both excited, somewhat excited to do every day. We look forward to it on right. a creative level. Are you in your dream job, quote unquote? Man, so the idea of a dream job now in my thirties. Is such a it's it's such a moving target for me. That's rough because it's not even just where you are occupationally. <laughs> yeah, age plays a big. Yeah, it's 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 a big deal because like on some days it's like I want to be able to 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 please the creative muse that's that's begging for me to do something that's gonna check that box for that day, and I can look back on on that week and say, I did those things that I wanted to do. And then there's some weeks where I'm like, I just wish I had a silo of money like Scrooge McDuck and I could sit here and play video games all day. <laughs> it's such a there weird, is weird back and, back, forth. back and forth. And I I know that if I got the ladder, if I got that silo of money within like two days, I would be clawing at the walls. Yeah. Like, I like I need to do something I, that that challenges me. I need to do something, and that's just how I'm wired. You do just get get bored. You get disappointed in yourself. I do. I start if I get, go too long without that, I start to just kind of hate who I am. Yeah, and, and it's, it it's bad, it, and it, it doesn't take long. And it's probably not <laughs> a good thing that our identities are so closely tied to our work. Yeah, 
It's yeah. I, I understand that's not healthy. And I try to be <laughs> I try to be mindful of that. But also it's hard for me to say it's I can't detach myself. Yeah so easily from that it's it's not good and it's, it's also, weird it's also easy when i get a lot of things done and i feel like i'm on top of the freaking world because <laughs> all of the tweets i submitted for my for my job this week they all got accepted hell yeah i'm gonna go run the 12 miles i need to i'm gonna feel like i'm running on freaking clouds today while i'm training for the stupid marathon <laughs> on the front of the uh titanic i'm the king of the yeah, world yeah literally Sir, like that's what just get down from there right get this is a long john silvers there's a family watching you there the child is crying <laughs> um yeah so there, there's hard is this your blue <laughs> sapphire necklace <laughs> just toss in the water drop it in i don't need it all of my tweets got accepted there's plenty of room on this floating door for you and your bride could you guys please order something and get out yeah, there's hard pros and hard cons, basically, for, for being so reliant and so tethered to your job and, and to cr the creative field. Right. It's it's great in that you do have a lot of control over it. It's bad in that it's so hard to distance yourself. Yeah, and what's, what's crazy is, like, you're, you're thinking about it the whole time, thinking, I just need to check this box, I need to check this box, and the, the microsecond you check the box and you're looking at that, thinking, I did it. Okay. Uh, or what now? Now I need to do something else. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a it's, the other box appears yeah, right it, below instantly, it. Instantly, yeah. instantly, yeah, yeah, that yeah. that checked box moves up, and then a new box is hand drawn in front of you before your very eyes, and you're thinking, "Well, now I gotta check that box." <laughs> and then above it, maybe five thousand checked boxes. Yeah. But it's just the way that we're wired. It's like on to the next. But there, and, there uh, is something that I like about that, though. Even though it's this infinite loop, yeah, it's this it's thing that that's never gonna end. Yeah, there's something so wonderful about looking at a project and being so intimidated, and you're like, mm -hmm. and then you just start. You take the leap off. Yeah. You write that first sentence. You hit the record button. Whatever it is. Yep. And then you start and you slog through it and then you get through and you hate it. And so you start over <laughs> and you get through it and it's decent now. And so you need to, to whittle it down and edit it and, and get it down to something that you actually like. And you hit that post button mm -hmm. and it's it's good. It's okay. It's good. It's okay. But it's in there. <laughs> and now it's done. It's behind you. There's nothing more you can do. You can mm -hmm. read comments, but that's about it. Then that other box appears. The box appears. But everything else is behind you. It's, it's behind done. You. The best, the best that I found with that, with that whole process, is the the second you hit the top of that hill. So it's an uphill battle. Uh, no, this is this is impossible. There's no <laughs> way this could get done. Uh, this is super difficult. Okay, first draft is done. It was crap. Oh, the second draft isn't bad. Oh, okay, I could actually do this. Oh, wow, I'm doing it. <gasps> okay, it's 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 on its way. I'm 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 slogging through it. It's done. It's done. Okay, now I gotta start it again. But that that initial <laughs> hump when you realize there's something about the, at least I don't know about video work as much, but in the writing field, like when I use the starting is absolutely the hardest. It's part. It's always the hardest part because I I need to kind of at least a mental outline at the very least yeah. I have to have in my mind about where I'm going with this. But there's there's a certain sweet spot. It's not when you're close to being done. It's when you hit that groove. Yeah, you you dig in and you're like, oh man, this is great. It's the points where I'm writing and I'm making myself laugh yeah. at my own stupid jokes. Right. Where I'm just like, I could do this for centuries yeah. and I would never get sick it's of like it. The, it's like the 80s hacking montages of yeah. like the hacker smiling <laughs> and then like, like prodigy music playing. 
I'm the fire starter. I'm the wasted fire starter. And then he's like talking. He's it's like hacker versus hacker. He's yeah. like, oh, you think you're gonna do yeah. that? Watch this. And then he hits the the return key, and then like a new code drops. He's like, that's right. You don't mess with the best, son. Mess and with the best. <laughs> die like the rest. And then you're hacking. You're hacking so hard. You're just hacking all day. You don't have a mouse. You don't even have a mouse. You're just hacking on your keyboard. You're laughing. You have one trickle of sweat, but you wipe it away and you ha and you brush it aside. You're like huge nothing. Jackman and you're standing up in power stance, typing away. <laughs> <laughs> just muscles rippling. Your veins and your arms bulging. And that's the creative process. <laughs> Hugh Jackman just hacking his life away. You Hackman. Hugh Hackman. <laughs> Jew Hackman. Nope. No! Nope. No! Not that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously jobs, work, that what it is we do as grown-ups, it, it looks very, very, very different than the way we envisioned it as as kids. And everyone wants different things from their job. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's I mean that's one of the biggest driving factors. Like some people use it as a as a just enough to get back to their house, and right? And just this feeds my family. Right. It is stable. I have retirement. Yep. And then there are some folks that just they need it. They need it to be their everything. They mm -hmm. need it to be their something. Whatever that might be. It's just fascinating to me how like the different levels on that spectrum that 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 those boxes live. Right. What is what is that hierarchy? Where does where does yeah. your career, where does your job lie yeah. on that spectrum? I don't know. It's di and it's different for everybody. I think for us it's pretty high. Yeah. Cuz I I, and I that is because we tie it so closely to our own, our own identity. Yeah. Um which we should uh, probably work on a little bit. It's fine. It's healthy. <laughs> And if you think otherwise, <laughs> we have stupid. the microphone. You're dumb. If you think otherwise, come onto our show. Or Bring not. It. Bring your own microphone because we only have two. Yeah, you dummy. I think this is a good, a good place to segue into our next uh our next segment which is a segue into the next segment which is our little news time segment, segment. way our segment way into news time <laughs> and for this news time i i went up and i i, I searched high and low mm. and i went on reddit.com you might have heard of it <gasps> and uh basically found a few little uh horror stories yeah when it comes to job interviews. Okay. Oh, this is great. Okay. And so these might not be the best, but I found I found three pretty decent ones that made me chuckle or cringe or both <laughs> at different times. Wait, before you jump into that, do you have any job interviews that you can think of? That no, you like? I was, I, look, look at me right now. Okay, I'm looking. I nailed job interviews. Ooh. Look at me. I'm the most likable person you will ever meet. <laughs> I am, if I'm in a room, I'm here to make everyone like me by everyone feeling good. I want so, everyone to be happy and joyful, and because of that, they're going to like me. That's my motivation every for time. For those of you who have never seen Jordan, it's like when you start a video game, and on the character creation screen, there's randomize, and then there's optimize. If you hit the optimize button, Jordan Stratton pops out. <laughs> I look like the family that owns like a ski resort. No, no, no. I look like the family who bought a mountain. <laughs> 
and th- the ski resort is named after them. Yeah, that, that there, that's Mount Stratton. Yeah, uh, four kids died last winter. I was, and I'm like the fourth, the fourth Stratton named down. I'm, I'm in this, this, but this legacy. Daddy, but Daddy, Father, <laughs> you mean I have to manage the mountain? <laughs> no, I was going to Bali this weekend. The, you knew that. <laughs> the concession booth is just like calamari <laughs> and mimosas. <laughs> I Calamari don't floating in the most. want to work the concession. I don't stand. want to do it, Father. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a charcuterie concession <laughs> stand. <laughs> that sounds incredible. That's great. Why aren't we doing that? We're now? opening a ski resort as soon as we're done with this podcast. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. Wow. Daddy. How did we get there? Daddy. Okay. Daddy. <laughs> So yeah, I nail job interviews. I overprepare every time. I know your mission statement. I know your oh, your job, dang. your the motto for your company. I know what's what's gonna so happen. So that was your that was your secret weapon. Overprepared. Overpreparing. I'm a people okay. pleaser. I I the little little bits That's and pieces. That's a lovely tie there, Mr. Smith. Oh, I see you uh, graduated from uh, University of North Carolina. Did you those Tar Heels, right? They had a You've great game last on week. Stratton, have you? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I was sucking up. Horde oh. in every job interview, okay. and I've never, I've never had. I, wait, never not had. No, wait, I never have had. I don't think there's ever been a job that I have had a a traditional interview that I have not gotten. Wow, bold that's claim, a, but I think no, that's, true. that's fantastic. That's a. I feel like that's that's like that's like some hitch level. Yeah. Garbage. Like, I don't know that I could be lying, but I can't, I literally can't think of any job that, that I actually, I've put in applications and not been called back. This is like Kevin James knocking on your door and being like, I need a job and I need you to teach me how to job interview. Look, and man, then you will every Smith single, <laughs> every single job interview. I went 90. They came 10. <laughs> they came 10 every time. It works. Uh, it works. That's crazy, but I think that's true. Every is, job, every job that I call, got calls that like four hundred one k contribution, <laughs> <laughs> because that's real bad. That's terrible. <laughs> that is uh, just awful ratios. So I, I submit ninety. <laughs> ninety. Ninety. Well, uh, that's great. Okay, go ahead. So anyway, these are these are. Terrible, funny, awkward, whatever <laughs> job interviews. Okay. okay, so I have three of them. I'm ready. All right, so the first one. All right. I answered an ad in the paper for a window washer. <laughs> great start. Already great. In my mind, it was one of those high-rise window washing jobs. Oh, no. I show up to what I thought was an interview, and it's this white trash dude in a beat-up truck. <laughs> yes. He tells me <laughs> He tells me to get in. And I, <laughs> he and tells I, me to get in. Get in. And I end up spending my entire day with this guy. Oh, no. All day long, he's chewing tobacco and spitting the juice between his legs into the floorboard of his truck. Oh, gross. Every time he spits, I'm th- just thinking how disgusting it is. This is this is a guy yeah. who's answering the ad. I think so. Okay. I don't know. Oh, Maybe it doesn't not. specify. It does oh, not specify. wow. Okay. I don't know. Let's see. He takes me to a nice upper class home and tells me to pretend that I'm his cousin. Oh, no. Uh, okay. Oh, no. Uh, we meet the homeowners, and he told them that I'm his cousin. Uh, do this for about five houses. <gasps> All day long, he's telling me these fucked up stories about his wife in jail. Oh. Then at the end of the day, he tries to tell me that he's not going to pay me because the entire day was an interview. Oh. But that I should come back tomorrow. Oh, no. I tell him to go to hell and to give me my money. <laughs> 
no. He finally does. I go home, and that concludes one of the most random days of my life. Oh, my goodness. Never went back. Wow. Okay. Great start. <laughs> Number two. One of three. When I went to Target for my interview, I was shocked at who my interviewer was. It was some hood-looking guy who had tattoos of stars and shit on his neck. Yes, yes. I'm just sitting there wondering how the hell is he the supervisor here? When the interview started, he receives a phone call. Apparently, his girlfriend had left him a few weeks back and took the car with her. Oh, no. He starts yelling at her, saying why she was being such a bitch to him and whatnot. He hangs up after that. (laughs) He begins the interview as if nothing ever happened. But then his phone rings again. No. This time, however, the person calling told him he had been evicted from his apartment. Uh! (laughs) It was pretty easy to hear the person on the other end of the phone, by the way. Oh, no. After hearing the news, he just hangs up. Tears well up in his eyes. No. I didn't know what to do at at this point. And I just blurted out what my dad would tell me. And this is in quotes. Hey. If you're going down, might as well go down fighting. If you're already down, just keep kicking. You're bound to get a good hit sooner or later. He cried for a short bit and (laughs) filled out everything I needed in the interview sheet. I started working the very next day. (laughs) And that man's name, Mark Hoppus. (laughs) Man. That's incredible. We're only only two-thirds of the way through this, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. So number three, it's a charm. Not mine personally. A friend had to interview someone for some sort of database technician at his job. A lot of the candidates were pretty normal, out-of-college type individuals except for one. This woman came in for the interview dressed in a T-shirt and blue jeans, which is underdressing for a position like this generally. She was pretty nice throughout the whole interview, answering questions with short answers up until about her experience. Do you have any experience setting up and maintaining MySQL or MS Access databases? To which she replied, no. (laughs) And you try to make me do that stuff and I'll sue you fuckers. (laughs) The interview was over after that. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Like what? What? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so uh, job Uh. interviews. They're not for everyone. No, clearly. Giving them or on uh, the uh, participating uh, and receiving it, <laughs> apparently. Uh, that's incredible. Job interviews are terrible, though. They're the weirdest, like, non-actual version. There's just, they're just lies. It's There's this just... weird, bizarre space. Because you ask, like, if I've been on the side where I'm looking for the candidate. Right. And you're asking all these questions, and in your head you're thinking, like, we're never going to ask you to do these things. That's a good point. So I, I've never interviewed someone. Yeah. So does does a lot of it have to do just with the person and their personality and how they compose themselves? A little bit. And um, you almost have to look at it because as you're describing it, in your head you know, I'm asking if you're capable of doing A, B, and C. But realistically, you're going to be doing A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, P. So you're looking for people who are both educated and skilled enough to do A, B, C, but maybe naive enough to continue doing (laughs) E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, P. But still skilled enough to do H, I, J, K, L, M, P. Right. Right. Yeah. So it is is a weird balance of Hmm. like, 
uh, yeah, we need to do these things, but then, like, are you able to take direction and, and take ownership in these other things? And are you human who <laughs> I won't want to murder after a week of working yep. with you? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. So, That's yeah, it, it, it's, it's this weird, like, laboratory uh, social experiment that doesn't exist anywhere else. It's so <laughs> true. And that is funny that, honestly, so much of it is common sense. But at the same time, just the amount of people, my, my wife works in, in, she does a lot of coaching at a university, and a lot of that is resume building. Mm-hmm. It's interview preparing. It's all these things. And people just, there's basic things right. that people don't know that is common sense to us will put you leagues ahead of other people. Yeah, wear a tie. Right. Don't wear jeans. Don't chew gum. I kid you not. Don't. I was trying to get a job at an ad agency. I showed up in dress pants, a dress shirt, a, a, a coat, and a tie. And are you ready for this? Flip flops. You did that? I did that. Feels I like, did, why'd, you, why'd you do that? I did that because, because I was through and through a graphic designer. <laughs> Oh, you had to. You had to get a little spice. I had to. I had. I had to let them know that I was there for the graphic designer position. And you know what happened? I got hired. <laughs> I got hired. Did they specifically say? They specifically said you were here for the graphic designer position because I had the flip flops. Get out of here! And I remember that morning looking at my dress shoes and looking at my flip flops, and I thought, you know what? I identify myself as a graphic designer. What would a graphic designer wear? And I threw the flip-flops on. I went for it. I went for it. Bold and the move. guy said, we had probably move, two cotton. or three dozen people interview for this job. But for some reason, we couldn't stop talking about the fact that you wore flip-flops to the interview. It also helped that my portfolio was damn good. I was about to say, It yeah. was great. Uh, but there was like, they just, they kept talking about the flip-flop guy. And I got the job. So it also had to do a, <laughs> probably a great deal with your own experience in portfolio. That was the la- that was the, the last nail in the coffin, baby. It was just like, flip <laughs> flops. Yeah, the last, the last job interview I had was for, it was uh, doing in-home counseling work. And I went in for the interview and I was wearing, you know, blazer, coat, yeah. Yeah, blaze, blazer, button-down shirt, tie, slacks, dress shoes, like an adult. And uh, went in there, and then I'm talking to him. I walk in. I've never, I've only talked to this guy on the phone, and so I've, I've never talked. I've never spoken in person. Never seen him before. Walk in the office, and he walks in. He's late for one. No one else is in the office, and he walks in wearing flip flops, running shorts, a t-shirt, and a visor. Oh boy. Later in the conversation, he's like, "Yeah, I mean, what what you're wearing is fine if you had to go to like court one day, <gasps> but." You know, it's not really that big. (laughs) I'm just like, okay, cool. So I'm a dummy Uh for going to a job interview. Like people are supposed (laughs) to go to job interviews. I mean, I got the job, obviously. You know the end of the story. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. Wear wear a freaking tie. I don't care. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But, I mean, I don't know. It's, It's one thing to be the one who's dressed up in a job interview where you're not supposed to be dressed up. The latter is way worse. Oh, absolutely. Wait, if you had shown up in running shorts, flip flops, and, and he's there shirt, wearing a tie, no way you're getting no called back. No, no sir. Way. Because no I way. mean, always over prepare, always overdress. Mm-hmm. Because you, you can adjust the other way. Otherwise, people are like, do they do they own a pair of shoes? Yeah. 
But and if you're applying for a graphic design position and your portfolio is damn good, that is the thing. Wear flip flops. That is the thing is that creative <laughs> fields are a completely different animal. I went for how it. Can you, it's not about how can you how can you uh, conform. <laughs> it's how can you stand out. Yeah. I remember there was a, there was a Casey Neistat vlog where he they were taking an application for three six eight, and he literally talked to he went on for like five minutes about this guy. Instead of sending a resume, he sent one of those. Uh, oh shoot, what are they called? It's the, the viewfinders. Li- viewfinders. Thank uh-huh. you. And it was literally just pictures of him that he had made in different spots and showing his experience through a freaking kid's yeah. toy. You have to nowadays. And nowadays. He, and he yeah. said, I'm absolutely calling this guy because yeah. you have to stand out in these creative fields if you're going to be doing Swing creative work. for the fences. But Worst that, case, you get a no. But you can't do that at a bank teller interview, okay? (laughs) Which I also worked as. (laughs) I would like to protect the president of the United States. And with me- Here's my viewfinder. (laughs) With me, I have a bubble wand. And every bubble you blow shows the number of people I protected from dying. (laughs) When do I start? The bubbles never burst, just like their (laughs) lives didn't. There's just steel bubbles (laughs) in this room. Because they're weighted down, like you what blow up. What is technology? Clunk, <laughs> clunk. I understand the yeah. point you're making, but I feel like your talents are being wasted. <laughs> That's dark here. matter. This is this dark is straight matter. up magic Just coming from film a dark, dark ma- realm somewhere <laughs> that you we can oh, utilize no, you can't elsewhere. Move them. The, the technology that humans possess right now are Each incapable. bubble contains a tiny black hole that cannot be grasped by human hands. You can power an entire species with one of these bubbles. But yes, let me protect one human man. <laughs> let me protect the leader of the free world. <laughs> uh, and then what are the benefits? <laughs> uh, yeah, what? Uh. <laughs> So yeah, we've uh, we've covered a lot of bases tonight. Uh, so this is the end. This is it. This is it. This is the the precipice where we talk about when we were small humans, mm. or when we're we're not quite as small. I mean, we're, we're I'm not still, tall. I'm still a we're, small. We're human. pretty average. You're a little smaller than average. <laughs> you're probably about average. I'm a little above average, actually. Uh, I'll take humans. It. I like it. You know what? We're we're adults. Yes. We'll just say adults. Okay. How about that? That's okay. a good way to summarize that. We probably should find a better way to summarize that. That's completely fine. Yourself. No, I love it. I love okay, it. Okay, good. Um, yeah, children uh, versus adults. Were uh, yeah, were jobs better? Was the concept of jobs concept of jobs? I mean, child labor laws are a bitch, so we can't really I compare. I like uh, my iPhones. <laughs> Um, no. The uh, I can do that. It's fine. the uh, The <laughs> idea of work and what it takes to earn uh, money uh, or or resources for a living was it better as kids? The that idea, or uh, is it better now as an adult? I will go first. Do it. I'm gonna go adult. Okay. Because oh, right out the gate. Okay. Right out the gate. Explain yourself. Um. I have a choice now. As a kid, I I had these sort of pie in the sky ideas of uh, to quote Ralph Wiggum, when I grow up, I want to be a teacher or a caterpillar. <laughs> you didn't know, you just didn't know as a kid. You just had no idea, and the only grasp 
of of it that you had was what you saw through your parents or through your teachers or your parents' friends. It was just something that they left to do for six, eight, ten hours at a time. And then they came back at the end of the day and it was, oh, hey, you're back. At, Let's eat dinner. <laughs> or, hey, you're back. Mom told me to ask you if I can sleep over at so-and-so's house. Uh, our, our grasp of what that thing was as young kids wasn't quite there. We did have pie-in-the-sky ideas of what it was we wanted to do. Uh, but a majority of us, those things never really manifested into what they actually were. Now, mm. if you're Elon Musk, then probably. He said, someday I will be a billionaire through four different industries and eventually become a supervillain. What if he uh, was what if this was absolutely not what he wanted to do? What if he was like be, one day I'm gonna be a big game hunter in the Yukon? I'm gonna be a little league coach. <laughs> and to this day he's like, damn it, I'm not doing I have so much money to be a such little league. Such a waste. Coach. I'm putting things on Mars. I could buy the words <laughs> little and league and then eliminate them from the dictionary. <laughs> somewhere he's just sad that's how the level of wealth is that you can add and remove things from webster's dictionary that's how rich you are you can remove things from the english language he has a master ipad of all the words and if he accidentally clicks and deletes one it deletes from our psyche from our zeitgeist as human beings we're like what was what was that word? It's like, I keep writing hamburger, but the red squiggly line is underneath. Why does that? I know how to spell hamburger. I spelled it for years. This is why the, does it hamburger? This is the very reason why sometimes when you're describing something to someone and you can't think of the word, Elon has <laughs> he's, absolutely he's removed he's it absolutely from removed. your brain. It was like, oh, no. Social consciousness. Oh, he's no. just taking it out. <laughs> he adds it back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> ah, vestibule. I that was the word I was it's, thinking it's, of. It's a power he can't control. He's like an X-Man who hasn't controlled his powers quite yet. He's like, oh, no. His kid's working on the iPad. Dad, I want to play Flappy Bird. Uh-oh. <laughs> Spontaneous gone. is gone, ironically. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm so sorry. Here, have an electric car. <laughs> that's how Tesla was born. Oh, my gosh. That's the best thing. <laughs> Um, so work, work jobs. You're saying for better you. as an a kid. Better for me, for me, better as an adult. Better now as an adult because I have a say in it and I I have a sway in it. For you, Jordan, fair. I think for me personally, growing up, I had a number of jobs. Okay, I hated all of them. As, I as hate you. Do I hate work? Yeah. I, I I honestly, on that poll, I picked. Uh, work bitch, oh. even though if I was doing the job I was doing two years ago, mm-hmm. I would have picked Lazy Song by Bruno Mars because I I did not like going to the, to to my job, mm. and it wasn't it wasn't a conscious thing like this is the worst. It was it was more <laughs> of a like well this is what I do, this is just something people do. People go to work. No one likes their job. It's just something that you do, and as long as you don't want to shoot yourself at the end of the day, mm-hmm. then then it's okay. Then right. you're fine. Right. So, but now that I'm at the point where I like what I do, it's 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 a slog every day, but at at multiple points points in the day, I'm like this is amazing. Yeah. Like I talked about like you get to that peak and you're just like this is the best. I can't imagine doing anything different or or, or some form of it. You know, there's there's always different directions you can go. 
the fact that I'm there makes me happy to do this kind of work. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think if people could, how you could inform children about that perspective of work, of work earlier. Right. Our identities are very much informed by our jobs. I, I'm curious about what my parents' identities were and how much they take, how much of their job do they take home and how much of their job do they identify with themselves in their soul as a person. I don't know. I know my mom, she was a teacher and she she's already retired at a pretty early age because teachers can retire pretty early. Um, and you know, my dad is still working just because I I think he likes the work or he just feels an obligation to do it because he's good at it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I don't really understand my parents' relationships to their jobs. That'd be, that would honestly be a good question I should ask them because I know mine because it's taken years for me to get there and it's a lot of development, but I don't know. You're right. It differs so much in person to person, but personally, getting to this point where I, I, I'm doing something that I enjoy doing and doing something that fulfills me. And I feel like I'm not embarrassed. I'm excited to attach that to my personality and who I am. It, it has to be better as an adult. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you kind of <clears throat> delved into the idea of what it was that you wanted to do versus what it was that you, your parents wanted to do. Right. There's the the John Adams quote that says, our grandfathers were soldiers, so our fathers could be farmers, so we could be artists. And the the idea of profession splinters every generation into these smaller Mm -hmm. and smaller fragments. Uh, The stuff that our kids are going to want to do, it's like the stuff that right now we're looking at, like, oh, yeah, it's it's obvious. But then the stuff that our kids are going to do, we're going to be like, wait, what? You want to do what? <laughs> and I, I hear that that <clears throat> quote a lot. I think I heard Jerry Seinfeld say some yeah. version of that. Mm-hmm. And I really love that. I, I, I actually quote that a lot to other people. I wonder how many people who are like accountants say that. Right. I feel like that almost always comes from someone in a creative and an artistic oh, field. Because those people appreciate that. And I also wonder how many children of artists of comedians of writers crave more structure and so it starts this cycle over yeah how many children of comedians go off and they're like yeah i'm gonna be a freaking cpa because numbers make sense to me and i've never had that in my life and i see that i see that cycle continuing right it goes from this like this core idea being fragmented and then fragmented further and then back to that core idea right and i think it has a lot to do with like you know, you have this whole hippie generation and then their kids became more of the structured generation because they were like, no, I saw how that went. Yeah. And yeah, it was fine, but I feel like there's more control I can have over my life. Yeah, so nothing I'm, made sense. And we never had any money. Right. We live with chickens. And so then they implement <laughs> that with their their children and right. their children are like, wow, what a regiment. And then they splinter off. True. So, so I guess how much of, of your <laughs> career path, how much, how much, is dependent on what you didn't have growing up. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's always, it's always counter. It's always, yeah. it's you're like looking it's, and it's like what we talked about earlier. <laughs> How do you figure out what you want to do? You do a job you hate. Yeah. And so you, as a young child, you start to resent the boxes that you're put into. Mm-hmm. And so you want to rebel and do things that are, that are counter to that. Right. In the same way that's generationally going to go down. It's going to change each generation. We don't know. And that's that's probably why everyone's different, why we won't understand other people, and why I don't really get my parents, why I should ask them more questions. Yeah. So absolutely. all that to say, jobs, they 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 there are a lot of them. And they're necessary, and uh, you can do whatever <laughs> you want. 
and that's fine. You know what? You can uh, make fat stacks and eat pepperoni pizza and you can get that big ass money. Big ass step. <laughs> Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. If you like what we're doing here, do us a huge favor and leave us a positive review because it really helps the podcast out. And if you don't like what we're doing here, you know, leave us a positive review and we'll know it's sarcastic and we'll take that to heart and we'll feel really bad about it. So either way, you're, you're doing us a favor. I, I will feel really bad about it. I will too. 